Welcome to Farmer Talk Radio. I'm Danny McCarthy. Today, I'm speaking with Rick Arlo, CEO of the e-regulatory provider Complyon, to discuss the current issues with site audit readiness and monitoring, and the opportunity we have to change our processes as we move forward with new technology. Welcome, Rick. Hi. So I think what would be great before we get into our conversation is for you to tell me a little bit about your background and your journey up until this point and what brought you to your position today. Great. So everyone has a unique journey to get into clinical research, uh, myself included here. <laughs> and so my background, I was in a uh, NIH-funded medical sciences training program. So getting uh, an MD and a PhD uh, directly involved in, in clinical research. Um, and so, you know, in that program and uh, what, what I saw in, in doing that research uh, has really directly led me to what I'm doing today uh, and set up this path here that I'm on. And it was really seeing this, this burden and this pain here firsthand uh, that sponsors and CROs were running into, um, dealing with, relying on the site uh, around all of this site regulatory study management work uh, that needs to happen literally needing to, to go to the site who's responsible for this work and being able to ensure uh, that everything is here is up to date, uh, very detailed and constant updating uh, and back and forth uh, with the site and uh, time and effort and frustration that goes into that process to get all of the key information and make sure the site uh, is really audit ready at the end of the day. Uh, and so really that vision and, and what I saw there uh, left me to, to really drive to uh, create Complyon, really the first site e-regulatory software, you know, built here for sponsors and CROs to be able to manage that uh, process that they need to, to ensure site audit readiness uh, and complete site regulatory files and PI oversight. And so that's what got me here uh, to Compliance, starting the company now over uh, eight years ago and having an awesome opportunity to work with leading sponsors and CROs out in the industry. So I know you just kind of gave us a brief overview, but can you give, go into a little more detail about what sponsors and CROs are going through right now and experiencing when it comes to site regulatory study management? Yeah, great question here. And so I, I think to step back, there's a significant amount of work, typically uh, about 20 to 25% of what the monitor or CRA does uh, is ensuring uh, site regulatory study management, all of the additional clerical and administrative tasks to make sure that the site is audit ready, is showing PI oversight, has these complete site regulatory files. Uh, so it's a significant amount of, of what they do and, and is a significant driver for how uh, sponsors run their studies, uh, either in terms of choice of CRO or in-house staff. About 90% of, uh, of sponsors you know, really say that's a, a leading driver uh, to choosing uh, how they are managing their study here. And in show and in terms of what that process here, you know, looks like, you know, more more specifically, uh, it is, you know, traditionally has been CRAs going physically to the site or now via FaceTime or, or other, you know, similar ways, right, to be able to, you know, physically access this information uh, and documentation, many times uh, still on paper or shared drives, uh, and trying to understand and piece together the story of what needs to be here, right? Um, is every staff member, is every IRB submission and credential in place to tell this story about compliance here for the site? Uh, so it's a lot of detective 
of work for these CRAs to be able to uh, walk into the site, have no idea what they're walking into, uh, and be able to uh, you know, really understand and figure out a, a game plan uh, to work with the site to get into uh, compliance and audit readiness, right? So it seems like the system as it stands now is not really benefiting everyone. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. There's, uh, you know, both from a CRA perspective, that's a lot of work and effort and energy pulling you away from the tasks that you need to be doing. And oftentimes that they're, they're really not getting to here anyway, right? One of the other data points is, is about 45%, and this was pre-COVID, of CRAs and clinical operations and quality professionals reported that this site regulatory review was not happening consistently. Uh, and interestingly, the remainder, uh, the, the additional you know, uh, 56% or so uh, said that they, they really don't know if it's happening either. <laughs> and, uh, and so again, in terms of this work, it, it's not a consistent way to be able to, uh, to run a study and ensure uh, the highest levels of quality uh, in terms of you know, site regulatory audit readiness. And is this, in your opinion, an issue that has maybe been compounded upon by the fact that we are engaging in more and more complex studies? Or is it just that as times have evolved, the systems have not? What is your view on that? Yeah, so I think there's a couple of key drivers here. One is that the traditional monitor visits have really been uh, disrupted, uh, and that's been happening with real-time access to data and risk-based monitoring, uh, where the traditional, you know, uh, CRA visit where they would be doing this work uh, isn't happening regularly, and so they have no way to actually ensure that the site regulatory uh, audit readiness is happening on a regular basis today. Um, and obviously, today with with COVID and remote visits, that's a even further concern uh, to ensure that this work is actually regularly and consistently happening to the level of quality that's expected. And so, you know, really, I think that's a, a big driver. Uh, the 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 challenges uh, that have always existed here have been have been the same. Uh, being able to uh, catch all of these issues and provide clear and actionable feedback for the sites for what they need to do to, to be in compliance uh, has always been a challenge, right? Uh, I think stepping back, you see the top two findings from the FDA in terms of, you know, on one side, um, the running of, this, of the, uh, the, the, the protocol here, you know, that has been uh, a consistent problem in terms of the ensuring the IRB uh, approval, um, the you know uh, delegation of authority is always there. That they're running to the protocol, uh, and separately that they have you know inadequate records. Um, there's about a, a 36 or so percent failure rate that exists today for sites that are being uh, audited uh, by the the FDA and inspected. Right. Uh, separately, the top two reasons uh, from a sponsor CRO standpoint in terms of deficiencies that are found are inadequate monitoring and failure to bring the investigator into compliance. Right, and so again, I think these are consistent issues that uh, many sponsors and CROs are facing, and it's only I think further accelerated uh, with the uh, challenges to run these studies remotely to deal with the current pandemic that we're in today. Right, and I think the pandemic probably only highlights the consequences of these outdated systems. But what, I mean, maybe you can elucidate this. What do we lose when we are not hitting these points? Yeah, so as I mentioned, you know, the, the, the most common inspection findings here for sites 
both around following the investigational plan and inadequate records are directly related to ensuring this level of site regulatory audit readiness and as well on the sponsors and CRO side to ensure you know adequate monitoring and to bring the investigator into compliance. So first and foremost, it's ensuring compliance. And uh, as I mentioned before, if we step back and look at a significant amount of the CRA's time, uh, 20 to 25% of the work that they're doing uh, is being spent here in this area in aggregate, you know, that's several billion dollars a year that's being spent on this level of site regulatory management and review. And so, you know, looking at it from that perspective, there is a, a really strong pain point that exists today um, in terms of both the uh, issues uh, that are happening uh, that aren't being caught or maybe waiting till the end of the study and creating additional unanticipated change orders uh, and visits, uh, as well as real cost that goes into this process, whether CRA could be spending time uh, 25% more sites, right? Instead of reviewing these types of regulatory documents and sending copious amounts of emails and queries, you know, back and forth, right? With now knowing the background of the issues, where do we go from here? You know, what are the first steps that sites and sponsors can take towards freeing up CRA time, moving towards site readiness and more of a purpose-built system instead of getting caught up in the documentation and the pain points, as you pointed out. Yeah, I think first and foremost, what we're seeing from a lot of uh, sponsors and CROs is an identification of an opportunity to improve their SOPs and tools uh, for their monitors today. Um, you know, simply being able to define uh, what are all of the uh, requirements that need to happen, you know, dependent upon the site. Right. If there's new staff members, uh, new sites or labs or uh, amendments, uh, approvals, uh, you know, here are the uh, documentation that's required and being able to provide very clear guidelines uh, to their CRAs to identify that uh, and then be able to follow up with the, the sites to ensure that it's, it's completed. And separately, uh, what we've really seen is a, a, just a dramatic and, and drastic uh, uh, increase here uh, in the level of interest and utilization for, uh, for our solution and a, and a purpose-built approach um, to being able to solve this problem. And that's really about being able to actually have solutions that a CRA can use walking into a site to reduce the number of, of, of site findings and issues by up to 80% by, by actually identifying uh, what's there and what's not there, being able to um, uh, eliminate the, the risk of, of, of um, uh, findings you know, not being found, being able to significantly reduce the cost associated with the, the CRA's time um, to both identify those issues uh, as well well as you know, really waste a lot of the time the CRA and the site to go back and forth to actually ensure that that those things are closed out, right? Um, and so I think those are uh, you know some of the, the main areas here that that we've seen in terms of the immediate oper areas of opportunity for improvement. And it seems like it cuts down. I think you described it before as the detective work. You know, if mm -hmm. it's so, is it because it's a virtual or a technology model that it's much easier to identify what is already there and what the CRA walking into this situation for the first time needs to then isolate and identify? Yeah, exactly. And I, again, I think these are, are issues that have existed for a long time and are now becoming top of mind for people. And what we've seen in many cases is 
you know, initial needs to, to, to try to manage this from a, a document-centric world, right? Uh, how do we push all these documents to sites? How do we get documents back from them? And to go a step further, though, uh, how do we use a more purpose-built solution uh, for site audit readiness um, that can actually, instead of just uh, increasing the speed at which we can push documents back and forth, help us actually identify what needs to be here, the findings, the issues, and how we solve those. Uh, suffice to say, I think the purpose-built workflows that enable sites to complete this work accurately, as well as, um, you know, really that uh, purpose-built uh, ability to identify what's missing, what needs to be done, and share that openly with both the site and the CRA to ensure completeness uh, is critical to reducing uh, the number of findings and significantly reducing the amount of time that goes into the process. How does a site or a sponsor switch from a document-centric model to a purpose-built model, and what does that do in terms of and from a both a logistical level and then also just a, a thinking and, and an approach to their work. What, what does that shift do and, and what do we gain when we kind of make that shift? Yeah, so obviously today um, there's a strong need to access this information remotely and a strong push from a number of different types of tools, maybe already existing with your organization or even SharePoint or Box, right, to be able to, you know, share these types of documents back and forth with the sites. But simply shoving these documents somewhere new and tools to help automate how we're pushing the documents around doesn't actually solve the, the real root of the problem that with so much of this manual and detailed work uh, that needs to happen back and forth with the site to ensure um, this level of, of perfect audit readiness with everything where it needs to be. You know, that, that, that document-centric mindset still relies on the individual to figure that out, right? To, 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 to put into the, the lists and the placeholders what needs to be here uh, compared to creating a, a more purpose-built workflow that, to walk the CRA and the site together through what's here and what needs to be done. Uh, eliminating that, that error and burden, providing very clear expectations that can be followed. Because it's, it's difficult both as a CRA when you're doing so much uh, so quickly, uh, as well as, as a, at, a, at a site level too, um, to be able to follow all of those you know, rules and SOPs and tools to make sure that you ultimately uh, have everything in place here uh, for the site to be successful. And so I think the first thing here is just acknowledging that that there are these challenges and that relying on the individual, uh, their interpretation, their dependent on expertise uh, is going to create opportunity for inevitable error. And being able to, to have more you know, purpose-built solutions to actually uh, not just move documents around uh, faster or differently, but actually solve this, this really big underlying problem with site audit readiness that is an even bigger issue today you know, really in this remote environment where people want to be able to COVID-proof these studies uh, from the amount of, of, of issues and findings, right? Um, going back to what we talked about with the FDA um, that, are, that are latently here uh, today with, with sites and, and, and sponsors and CROs' ability to ensure adequate monitoring and bring investigators into compliance. Maybe you could illustrate what a purpose-built solution looks like, you know, I mean, maybe using yeah. mine as an example, but you know, how does it really shift from a document, from just sh pushing documents around towards making it easier and making it more purpose-built and driven? Yeah, so I think, you know, looking at a, um, 
at a case study here where we were able to see about an 80% reduction in these site findings around site regulatory documents. And then maybe running through what are a couple of those core capabilities to get there might be a good way to, to explain that, right? You know, I think the first thing is there's a significant amount, uh, maybe about 30% of these documents that are, you know, really sponsor owned that are being provided to the sites. And depending on that you know, a specific site and how they're set up, they may or may not need all of those same same documents and uh, uh, requirements, right? Uh, maybe one group's using your central lab or one group has their own local uh, lab that they're using as an example. And so simply being able to get all of those documents to the sites correctly uh, and ensure that they have what they need based on their requirements uh, and reduce that duplicate work that goes into uh, a person, right? Being able to have to remember, okay, we have a new site. Okay, we have a new document. What are all the sites where this needs to go? You know, there's an opportunity to reduce a significant amount, about 30% of these findings associated with being able to immediately reuse the right information for the right sites without any additional work as the sponsor or CRO. Um, and further opportunities to then drive that as well uh, when working with the same site on additional studies. Um, there's a whole set of additional common central documents for that site that need to also be managed, you know, across these individual sites, right? And so now instead of needing a, a person to have to remember to push the right documents to the right sites and if they ended up there and in the right places, we can drastically reduce uh, really that, that number of, of findings as well as time and cost that goes into that process not by giving more tools to push more documents around quickly, but by having a purpose-built tool that understands what your requirements are as a sponsor or CRO and what the specific requirements are for that site on that study and gets them the information that they need into all the right places. Uh, separately, what we found, um, then there's a significant amount of work to be able to identify what's missing, what's expired, re requires the actual CRA review, right? Uh, every individual email or document doesn't may not require that level of CRA review to ensure that the content and the quality uh, is correct, uh, but there are key documents that, that, that do require that, right? And you want to make sure that the CRA review that and ensures that they actually fill out uh, maybe some key prompts to make sure uh, that the content and quality of, of that document is, is accurate and correct uh, for what's necessary. And so again, by being able to, to build that in um, so that the CRAs are actually queued with the right documents to review that are actually important for you, not relying on them to have to figure that out themselves or figure out you know which documents require that review on which aspects. Um, can also reduce a significant amount of the findings and then jumping into what's missing or what's expired, right? And, uh, and in a similar way, um, right, being able to actually build those rules in to identify for that site for your study what's missing uh, compared to relying on a person or a list coming from somewhere else can be significant to make sure things don't fall through the cracks, right? Um, and so as I mentioned, adding up all of these specific areas, we're able to see uh, a very significant, about 80% reduction in these site findings by simply getting the, the right documents that are needed to those sites. Uh, and being able to identify what needs to be done next without that uh, a person, right, needing to interpret or, you know, guess at what needs to happen, right? Something that you've touched upon a couple different times was that it's not just a kind of A to B translation, you know, it's not just we used to do this on paper and now it's digital. It really mm -hmm. seems like it's about 
understanding and optimizing the processes and the reasons behind why you do something. So maybe for anyone listening or, you know, a person who, or a sponsor or a site that's considering doing this and really changing the way that they do paperwork and documentation, what would you have them consider or think about before jumping on the next exciting technology or the next great processes to really think about and think, how do I make this better and not just digital? Yeah, I think that's a, that, that's at the crux of everything here. <laughs> uh, you know, I think, uh, again, there's, uh, there's really easy ways to go digital here today. I think everyone could probably easily have access to, to Box or to other solutions. And, and they can also check, you know, the Part 11 compliance, uh, you know, checkbox here, if you will, right? Different tools provided by your, your sponsors or current, um, you know, providers here that you're already working with, right? But Again, I think the real effort and focus here is um, to ask yourself here this clear question that is it important to actually uh, be audit ready and to be able to provide the highest quality service that you can to your sponsors, whether as a CRO or as a site? And starting with that question there, then let's identify how we can get to that point without the error that, that gets introduced. Because whether you're pushing a, a paper document or whether you're pushing an electronic document, there's still the same time and cost. There's still the same opportunity for risk that exists by relying on the interpretation and uh, skill set of the person to do it compared to being able to define uh, what's actually required, uh, where that document should be, what needs to be done next, uh, that can produce massive, you know, reductions, uh, as I was mentioning, about 80% in the level of site findings and a, about a 60% reduction in the level of cost to do this work. And so I, I think that's the key question here for, for people to ask themselves, and especially today, right? There's, there's value in simply being able to provide this access electronically and a lot of options that people have today to facilitate the remote studies that are happening. But as I mentioned, I think the bigger question is, you know, why are we doing this here in general? And is it important to be audit ready uh, to ensure that your sites are audit ready? Uh, and is it important to be able to deliver that level of quality uh, as well as cost reduction to your sponsors, which is critical, right? What makes now a point of inflection, a reflection change? Why is now the right time to take this harder look at our processes and our ways of site audit readiness? Yeah, so I think the biggest driver here is that these traditional CRA visits, you know, even before COVID ha has really been disrupted, right? Uh, I don't have a specific planned time when I'm going through to do this work. And, uh, you know, with, with real-time, real you know, data access with risk-based monitoring, and now especially, right, with the disruption of, uh, of, of handling remote visits, right? And so I think the biggest immediate driver here is everyone's thinking about how can we COVID-proof these studies uh, to ensure that we are maintaining, right, the highest level of site regulatory audit readiness, uh, which is critical uh, for our sponsors, which is critical from an FDA perspective. Uh, and, and to step back, that's, that trend is here to stay. Uh, I believe, you know, even post whatever comes next here in this COVID world, I think uh, that that trend of you know, let's have CRAs focus on where they can actually add value uh, compared to having 
you know, a regular monthly on-site visit where we have a period of time set up to review uh, specifically this type of site regulatory work. You know, that that's, we, we've entered a new world now, uh, whether we, we like it or not, and we've got to figure out how to, how to work within uh, that environment, right? And so I think that's the real driver that's top of mind for everyone here, uh, is how do we ensure that this site regulatory work doesn't fall off, uh, that we're not just waiting towards the end of the study to actually review everything where there's a lot of issues and problems um, that come up uh, that we then need to be able to fix, right? And so I think that's the real driver for, for, for why now uh, and why this is top of mind for so many people. I wanna thank you so much for taking the time. Rick Arlo is the CEO of Complyon. For more information about our PharmaTalk podcast, you can visit theconferenceforum.org. Thank you so much, Rick, and have a great day, everybody. Awesome. Thank you.